Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. And today, ah, I'm so excited. We are talking about product development and like bringing ideas to life with one of my new friends, Why? Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hello, hello. <laughs> I am so excited you're here. And I mean, and anyone that listens to this podcast knows I just love this topic. And um, we are going to dive into this today with you. Why is the founder and principal of Why Studios in San Francisco? And this is what they do. They bring products to life. And I can't wait to, to, to for you to hear this story. And why? Let's just dive in. How did you get from growing up on a small island in Malaysia to becoming a design person? <laughs> a design person. I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I, I grew up in a small island called Penang in, in Malaysia. And um, I'm one of those guys that's always been like doodling on, on the margins of my book and decided to make a go at it. And initially, I, I went to uh, Singapore to, the design, uh, to, to learn graphic design. And then I stumbled upon industrial design school, and I've been there ever since. So, you know, I moved from Singapore and then to Canada and then to, uh, to California. I love and, that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been a long and convoluted journey. And it's, sure. still, it's still meandering. Yeah. Still <laughs> right. It's a whole other podcast, yeah. right? Just that story. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and what's interesting why, I mean, so I love talking to people like you because you've got this kind of hybrid creative background. So, you know, you can operate in the world of new ideas and big picture and also in the tactics of getting it done. Have you always found that you've played in that space or how did you figure out that that was going to be your home? You know, Justin, it's been uh, extremely organic, right? You go to school, you learn certain skill sets, but, you know, obviously they don't prepare you for what you're about to face in, in the real world. So I, I, have, I, I consider myself lucky that I've, I've you know, come across people from all walks of life um, with new ideas. Uh, in different countries, so pretty much I've had to like think on my feet to be able to like answer them, provide solutions for them, um, you know, and, and and that's how we've been growing. You know, we come across so many categories of, of products that I, I can't, you can't pin me down. Right, and I kind of like that. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I think yeah. this is so cool. So, Y Studios, for those of you that don't know, Y Studios, um, these guys have worked with some of the biggest brands out there. You know, TiVo, Sonos, Philips. I mean, the list goes on. Um, it's just amazing the brands that you've worked with. Y now, t- you know, one of the, my favorite topics here is the whole entrepreneurial angle. So, how did you decide to start your own business in this space, and how did it get started? <laughs> well, I mean, like a lot of uh, designers, right? We've you've always dreamed about, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have my own design firm, my own little thing going on. But you know, but the honest answer here is, uh, we grew up uh, from the ashes of the dot com implosion in 2001. Ah, the interesting. Worked for filed Chapter Seven, and it was like. Nothing to lose because <laughs> nobody was hiring. Everybody right. was busy laying off people. I'm like, what oh are you going to do? God, I'm remember. just going to make lemonade out of lemons, you know? I remember. <laughs> That's Yeah, you, you were there. Yeah, <laughs> all of that. So how did you yeah. get started? Was it a first client? Was it, you know, we're going to come up with hmm. our, our um, team yeah. first? Or did you start with kind of a core client and that's how yeah. you built initially? Yeah, it, it was... Um, 
super organic. I was working out from the classic guest bedroom with a computer <laughs> and then, you know, a, the workshop in the garage. We inherited just one client from the previous company. Okay. And then the rest is hustling, man. It's been hustling, meeting people, networking, putting yourself out there, you know. Uh, back then, you know, there was no social media yet. So it's basically pounding the pavement, handing out cards and telling people who you are and what you do. And through the kindness and support of, you know, strangers that turn into friends along the way, and then they just feed us work. And we started growing from there. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's hard work. <laughs> and it continues. <laughs> right. I mean, everyone, you know, if you go to their website, you see all these amazing products that you guys have designed and, and developed for major companies. And it seems like, oh, wow, that's like, you, you know, it's just had it from the beginning. But I'm guessing there's been, you know, the challenges along the way. And what have been some of the big things in terms of your growth? And, you know, what's helped you to, to garner some of these big brand um, projects? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the first big brand that came, came our way was, Sonos, right? When we first started with them, it was back in, I think, 2013, 2014. Okay. And it was through, through my wife, now partners, um, you know, connect, Philips Connection, right? Sure. And back then, they were not called uh, Sonos. Back then, <laughs> they were still in stealth mode. Back then, they were not strictly an audio company, but more like a network digital amplifier company. You still have to buy your own speakers to connect to the digital amplifier, right? And then over the years, they grew, and we we grew with them, and we gained the expertise with them along the way, right? And then along the way, because we happen to be in the Silicon Valley, we come across uh, tech companies, we come across startups with you know disruptive ideas, right? And so, and so TiVo, who was a disruptor, you know, I think, 20-odd years ago, and then they evolved, and they, they got us on board to, to do uh, some of the products, for example. And then, and then, and then Keen Footwear, K-E-E-N Footwear, you might have heard of them. They actually started out in the Bay Area, right? And they were, happened to be in the same town I, was, uh, I used to live in, in Menlo Park. And then I got engaged to work with them from year two of their, of their startup years and created some collections of shoes and so on and so on. So, yeah, it's this, it's this dynamic diversity uh, that brings work our way. No question. So like any firm, you know, you have to decide what's a priority and where to spend your time. And I'm guessing I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of what does the funnel look like? You know, you've got things maybe at the top that are ideas people are bringing to you and pitching to you and, and asking for help on. And you've got to decide which ones to move down the funnel, which ones to, to focus on and deliver on. Like talk about your innovation process or your, your project process. Yeah, that's a Damn good question. I'm still <laughs> trying to figure out, right? Because <laughs> you, you have you got to determine where they want to start. Right. Sometimes they have an idea already, and they're going to go. Let's go. I want a form. I want to. I want this form to be showing to uh, my investors so I can get Series A. Absolutely. Or, right. Or or I already have Series A. I have this in the market now, and I want to evolve it into the next generation and provide more options for consumers. Or they go, we have this idea. We don't know whether 
it should live. Help us go find out. And that's when we do the research. And yeah, so every, every client or potential client that comes our way comes from different walks of life. And we got to make our own judgment as to do we, is, are we the right fit? Right. Do I was just going to say. time with you guys such that together we are successful, right? I, I've, I've evolved from, oh my God, let's do it. Right. Because I'm so excited. <laughs> That's to, very wait good. Wait a minute. I have bills to pay. <laughs> right? I, have, I have a light to keep on. I have right. to. I got payroll to maintain. Right. And I can't be so impulsive anymore, even though I, I so wish to be because I, I love design, right? right? I love to help the people. Yeah. I have that. Yeah. <laughs> I have that problem. I have, I call it shiny object syndrome. I get criticized for it all the time, but I think it's kind of funny. Like I get excited about just about everything, right? And I've got to decide. Wait mm-hmm. a second, can't yeah. do everything. Hold back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to focus. Slow down. <laughs> think about this. <laughs> now, yeah. have you found yeah. that there are types of products that are like home runs for you guys, or you know what I mean, or a segment that it's like you know this definitely fits us and what we're good at? Um, no, we we refuse to be pigeonholed. Wow. And we, we, we believe that, you know, hardware development and, and life in general is a long game, right? You go into it and, and you might not see success until three or four years later. And the form of success might not be measured or live up to your uh, measure of success that you conceived of four years ago, right? Yeah. And... Um, we, we, we like doing audio products, obviously consumer electronics. We've delved into robotics, right? We, we did medical, we did equipment, um, and then kitchen appliances for, for some reason. We're into that now. It is, we're very open to whatever the new ideas come our way uh, from various avenues. So, yeah, it's, I, I, you know, I'm naturally, I, I can say, right, I'm, I'm a very curious person. I like to meet people, I like to see what kind of ideas they have, and I like to like have you know the the, the opportunity to like to chomp on it, right, and and then process it, and then put it out there in the world, and and it kind of kind of why we we call our call our approach culture driven design because this comes from our culture, internal design culture, to design the appropriate kind of solutions for the culture. That the client is, is, is intending to sell to. I love that. Right? That's me, a that's great phrase. Very, very important. Culture-driven yeah. design. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's make it real for some of our listeners. I'm going to pick a couple of products here. Maybe you can just give a little bit of the background on the project and how it came to life. And uh, we'll sure. start with <laughs> the first, yep, first ever connected device to brew chai at home. And you did this for the startup Chime. So talk about that one. Oh my gosh, chai is is my passion. I've been making chai at home every morning for the past 20 odd years now. Um, so when I came across this opportunity, it was, an, it was like, oh my God, finally, because I know the pain, right? It's a stovetop process. You mix milk with water and, 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 and some tea and spices, and you have to wash the pot so it doesn't brew over and, and make a mess in your stovetop and so on. And uh, Gaurav Chawla, um, you know, I came across him and I said, dude, I am the, I'm your guy. I know Chai, <laughs> right? right? Of course. And, and then we, we negotiated and talked for like, you know, like six months because he was you know, also doing some fundraising. And uh, the idea is that, you know, 
making chai on a stove top is time consuming. It's not accurate. And you have to wash the pot really before it spills over. And, you know, what we are doing to chai is what all these coffee making machines have done for coffee in the past, you know, four or five decades, right? We're trying to make it uh, seamless, more convenient, and so that you can have time to do other things. Um, so it, it can brew a cup of chai to perfection. And this is important to your perfection because there's going to be an app on the phone that speaks through Bluetooth to this device to adjust the temperature, the ratio of milk, tea, and water, and at the strength that you want. And you can geek out and make a preset, fine-tuned to exactly the way you want it because everybody's taste is different. And that's where the magic happens, right? So we, we developed it. Um, along the way, there's been a lot of uh, obstacles, obviously. It's hardware. It's the world's first thing that makes chai. It's got internet connectivity. It's IoT. It, ha- it had to do sourcing of spices. you got to do sourcing of tea. you got to figure out how to introduce these uh, ingredients into the water, right? You have to make sure that this design ultimately can live proudly on your kitchen countertop. Absolutely. You're not going to put it away. So that's where we are very, very much involved in, in the entire process. Sure. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I love that one. All right. Um, and how long like from start to finish was that project? Just to give people a sense of like what, what a idea like that coming to life is like. Sure. The industrial design of any hardware and, you know, it just goes for the Chimaker is relatively short. You know, it was like between three to six months from zero, figuring out the architecture, figuring out the final design, refining the design, handing it off uh, for uh, engineering, like for DSM, which is designed for manufacturability. That took about six months. And then what happens after is, right, you go through engineering, you go through prototyping, you go through tooling, and then you go through certification. That, that could take years, and, and for the chai maker, it's been like two to three years. Wow. Uh, since then. Yeah, yeah. it just takes time. Process. You know, it, it takes time. Yeah, it's, it's the world first. So and there's, and there's no president before that. So there's nothing, no archetype for us to, there's no model for us to work off from. Sure. So everything's from scratch, and people are, and all of us are, are bootstrapping sure. the process. Interesting. All right, let's go on to the next one here. This one's pretty cool. You partnered with a nonprofit, Makers for Good, in the Bay Area, and you created this project called Helio. It's an all-in-one solar lantern, flashlight, and power bank. It's ideal for backyards, etc. So, talk about that one. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so we we are connected to Makers for Good because you know they were looking for a design uh, company that can contribute to the, to the program. So how they do it is that they bring all talents from all walks of life to a program. And so, so this particular one was, one was a good fit for us because we, we like doing this kind of a product, right? Social good. And we thought we could do a good job because, you know, we are very good at putting two and two together to make five, right? It's got a solar panel, it's got a power bank, and then it's got a stand on its own to, to have a, a lantern mode. And then it's going to flashlight. So we worked through the configurations, 
and to arrive upon what you see today. You know, a slim little device that has this magical aluminum stand that can enable the solar panel to point to the sun uh, in the daytime or the, um, the lantern panel, the flat panel, to point to whichever angle you want um, to either read to or work to or just have a good time around a campsite too. And at the end of that, you would have a flashlight um, for convenience. And ultimately, you can also use the charged up power bank to power your digital devices uh, in the evening. We, we also help, you know, help them source the engineering company who in turn source the right kind of factory to go manufacture to. So that, that one took about, again, the design part is short in a few months. And then it was the development, right? So I, I went to I went to Hong Kong to work with the engineering firm to 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 work with the engineer and look at the CAD and then figure out like which part has to look this way because of whatever reason and make sure that this part you know fits correctly. We don't want any sink marks. We want it to fit really nicely because you're selling this product to the first world uh, people, but also trying to serve the third world countries as well at the same time. Well, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and that one's interesting. 100% of the profits go to underserved communities who need light and energy. That's just, I think that's correct. Very, very cool. Correct. Yeah, we, we're very proud of that. Yeah, that's an awesome project. All right, I'll pick one more. Um, the Vava Home Cam, the most innovative smart home security camera. Tell me about that one. Yeah, uh, Vava, Vava is a, it's a multifaceted um, project. You know, basically, we, we help. Actually, we have a client create a brand name, and I came up with the name Vava because <laughs> it is a culturally neutral, and then it sounds interesting, right? And it can be applied to a wide range of products. Um, you know, it could be an automotive application, it could be home appliances, or it could be electronics, or it could be audio products, right? That, that was the intent. And, and then a domain name, vava.com. And was also available, so it was like a perfect confluence of ideas and domain availability, right? So we past the past two or three years, we've actually created a whole bunch of different products. So the home cam is the latest one that is released, and there will be future ones uh, in the market as well. So for the home cam, uh, we want to make it a fuss-free product, right? You you consumer buys it, there's no subsequent fee. To pay, you install it, and you you don't have to keep charging it. Right, the promise is that you'll last for a whole year before you have to take it down and recharge the uh, the camera. Um, and it has to be um, installed indoors or outdoors. So to me, it's like it has to be neutral, right? I, I like the sim- design to be as simple as possible, so that it can live in as many places as possible and not be beholden to fads or trends, right? So it's a simple gear that has various kinds of attachment and accessories to it to enable you to display, attach, or mount uh, the camera to. And so the result is a very simple sphere with a little uh, racetrack shape with a camera lens and what they call a PIR, which is a passive infrared sensor to sense motion. Wow, that's pretty awesome. And that's just great. I mean, what a cool idea on that one. So, I mean, and we could keep going down the list of amazing products that you've worked on. Um, 
I know you've had a lot of lessons learned in starting the company, launching the business, and then working with different types of products. What What do you think is... If you had some advice for those listening that may have a product idea that they'd like to bring to life, what would be one or two pieces of advice that you'd give them? Yeah. Um, good question. I think, I think all of us, right? We have to be willing to pivot. We have to be willing to change and not be so stubborn as to stick to the main idea that you had before. It has to evolve. You have to react to uh, other factors that's going to come in the way. Things like, you know, the cost of goods. If you want to bring X to the market, it has to cost Y in order to sell in Z quantities. Well, things might change. You might, you might realize that you know, to make this is going to be twice the price. And really, it really might kill your product. Right, or, right. You know, <laughs> And, and you have to be willing to accept that and change uh, and modify um, to, to fit the market. And, and many people, I think, um, I, I got to say, they're quite stubborn, right? They right. want a particular price point and, and they want a highest quality design. Of course, they want a highest quality design. But, you know, the, the, but the, the cost of goods to, to provide that kind of design that you want in your vision, in your mind, might cost too much and thereby making the final price point really impractical. Right, right? of course. And it affects the entire chain. Um, it does, it's just not you, it's not the consumer, it's what happens in between that affects you know, your decision-making process. Got it. Well, that's, that's great advice. That's yeah, that really is my, yeah, that's my, my, my takeaway. Yeah, and then the I other thing that I've learned as well is the branding of the product is Super important because that's the one of the main connections to the consumer. To the consumer, part. no question. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, it's, it's heartbreaking for us when we come across client that, of course, and I'm speaking from a designer's point of view. I have my own opinion of how a logo should look like. Sure. But sometimes they will go and crowdsource a logo, right? right pay a few hundred bucks and say, "Hey, isn't right. it wonderful?" <laughs> and right. what do you tell the clients? Like, right. Oh my God! I I I can't see that on my product. I'm no, designing for you. I totally can see that. <laughs> I totally can see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know that's that's the that's that's the physical embodiment of the logo. But what about the the mission? What about the brand essence? You know, and, and the culture behind the company rallying behind the brand. You have to make your staff proud. Be proud of it. Right. right. No question. You don't want to have factions within your company. You have to align and rally everybody behind that brand. It's super, super important. And some people just don't really don't see that. I could, I totally get that. And from a, you know, I've, I've got a big creative side, and, and that bothers me when I see bad design or, or where something just isn't as strong as the product or the brand or the service behind it. You know. Uh, well, um, last but not least, where can our listeners find you? How can they engage with you and whatnot? How how do listeners find me? Um, well, you know, they can uh, obviously go to ystudios.com and to find out more about us and, uh, you know, call us or contact us. But um, these days, we, we're also putting a lot of effort into SEO, right? This black art of search engine <laughs> optimization. We right. realized we had to do that. <laughs> yeah, no question. We, I, I would love to be to be old school and like hang up a shingle and say, <laughs> we do this and people right. will come our way. Right. right? But no, Doesn't right. Get like to do SEO. Yeah. And then we, we've also have a business development guy uh, that, that does the outreach to sure. people. 
Uh, that's yeah. great. So all those things are how um, you know, customers and clients and partners and collaborators come to us. Well, no, that, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I love your mantra. I make ideas happen. I think that's a, the bottom line for what you guys are all about. Mm-hmm. So why? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks mm-hmm. so much for coming on the podcast. It has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Justin. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I'm I'm a first time podcast virgin, so I hope <laughs> it goes well. I hope it went well. <laughs> oh, it's been great. Thanks for coming on. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.